the evening. Our jumping off point tonight will be Ecclesiastes. If you'll turn there with me, Ecclesiastes chapter 9. Most of, well, a big part of the uh, message tonight has been inspired by a fellow by the name of Joseph Wood. Wouldn't expect any of you all to know anything about Joseph Wood. But uh, Kim and I were hiking about a year year ago in Scott County. Got off the beaten path a little bit, and uh, she spotted something. We went to an old homestead, old settlement. These hiking trails are, uh, Scott County had bought this property to turn into a reservoir, a lake, and it didn't ever happen, so now it's biking trails and hiking trails, but a lot of old homesteads that were abandoned. Over there was one we walked over there, and she said, look at that tombstone, that grave marker. And I thought it was part of the porch of an old house. We walked over, and sure enough, it was a grave marker. And there sat that grave marker on its back looking up toward heaven. And we walked over and looked at it, and it said, Joseph Wood, born 1801, died 1871. And it had couple of hands at the top that were shaken like Mr. Wood had just completed a business deal. I got to thinking about that, about Mr. Wood and how was life in 1850 for him? What did he have to deal with? You know, 71 years of age in 1871, pretty ripe old age. Was he a redeemed, regenerate man? I don't know. Did he have a life that honored the Christ of God? I don't know. Did he have a testimony that he loved God? We don't know that. But if it was possible, I'd like to ask Mr. Wood some questions. And maybe these questions apply to us as well, but the first question I would ask is, In life, Mr. Wood, were you only concerned about the affairs of this life? You know, in 1850, I don't think anybody was here. But in the summer of 1850, uh, Zachary Taylor died as a president suddenly, and Fillmore took his place, the vice president. That was a concern. Now, we talk and act like, we live in unprecedented times that, you know, these times are only times that where, we, where we have trouble. But there's always been homosexuality. There's always been dishonesty and greed and lust and all of these things and always riotous living. But think about 1850. We were coming up on a lot of civil unrest in 1850. We were just 11 years away from the Civil War. What was on... Mr. Wood's mind. Where were his treasures? What was he concerned about? What are we concerned about tonight? Where are our treasures as it talks about in Luke chapter 12 and verse 34? What were his ambitions toward the things of God in 1850? I want to read something, and some of you all will recognize this as I read it, but think about the words 
It matters so little how much you may own, the places you've been, or the people that you've known. For, all, for it all comes to nothing when placed at His feet. It is nothing to Jesus, only memories to keep. You may take all the treasures from faraway lands, take all the riches you can hold in your hands, and take all the pleasures your riches can buy, but what will you have when it's your time to die? Anybody recognize it yet? The days pass so swiftly, the months come and go, the years melt away like new fallen snow. Spring turns to summer and summer to fall. Autumn brings winter and death comes to all. Only one life and soon it will pass. Only what's done for Christ will last. Only one chance to do His will, so give to Jesus every day. It's the only life that pays when we recall we have but one life. What was Mr. Wood's concerns in 1850? He was a 50-year-old man, 49 years old, probably had a family. What were his concerns? What was he thinking about? Where was his heart? Where's your heart tonight? Where's my heart tonight? What's my concern? You know, the Bible tells us where our heart is. That's where our treasures are. But where our treasures are, that's where our heart will be. Where's my heart tonight? Where's your heart tonight? What concerns you? What do you wake up in the morning thinking about? What do you go to bed at night thinking about? Mr. Wood, did you live only for yourself? Think about how tough 1850 had to be. You know, it may have been a simpler time, but it was tough. But did he only live for himself? How, was he con how concerned was he about how he treated other people? How concerned are we about how we treat others? We're a witness for the Lord Jesus Christ and how we treat others. The Bible tells us that they know, right, we're His disciples by how we love one another, how we have love for the brethren. Was He fair in His dealings and honest in His speech? Nothing will destroy our testimony quicker than not being good for our word. If we're not on time, if we're not honest in our dealings, if we are not just in our dealings, our, our testimony is shot. Did he ever take time to help somebody along the way? Or was he only concerned for himself? You know, a, pa a person wrapped up in their self make a small package. Was he wrapped up in himself? Was he known for being miserly or was he known for being very, very generous? As I stood there looking at his marker, it's amazing the thoughts that went through my head. What did this man do in his life that matters now? Was he kind? Was he thoughtful? Was he thoughtful toward those who needed him? Was he ready to spring into action when somebody needed his help? Or did he always just think about himself? You know, his life wasn't much different than yours and mine. He had concerns. He had lust. He had sin. He had all these things to deal with. 
that came as part of 1850, but how did he deal with it? Mr. Wood, did you take time to share the story of Jesus Christ with your family? Did you take time to tell your kids, to tell your family how important Jesus is? Was he a man that cared more about the souls of his children than about the wealth that they might accumulate and their careers and how prominent they might be in society? Did he sit with them and explain to them the depths of the riches of the Bible? What did he do with his time? By the way, you think about it, 1850. What translation did Mr. Wood have if he had a Bible at all? He didn't have a new perverted version, did he? I don't know. He may have even had the Apocrypha stuck between the Old Testament and the New Testament. I don't know. But I'm quite confident he had the King James Bible if he had anything. My have how things have changed. But did he share that Bible with his family? Mr. Wood... Did you sow the seed of the gospel? Did you sow the message of the gospel as you went your way? Did you tell anybody else about Jesus Christ in your life? They that sow in tears shall reap in joy, right? He that goeth forth weeping, bearing precious seed, no doubt, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. Did Mr. Wood... Lay up any treasures in heaven? Or were all of his treasures on earth? Where rust corrupt and moth dust eat, doth eat and thieves break through? Were all of his treasures on earth? Or did he lay up treasures in heaven before the throne of God one day to be rewarded for them? Did he have joy as he went, his, went away? went his way in life. If you're born again, there's no greater joy that we can have than to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now, if you want to become, as, as a child of God, if you want to become depressed, and you want to feel lonely, and you want to feel down, and you want to feel like you have no purpose in life, then don't share the gospel of Jesus Christ because God's going to wear you out over that. But if you want to have joy, share Jesus Christ. Speak to others. Did he do that? Do I do that? Mr. Wood, were you prepared to meet your Creator? Was he prepared? To meet the God who created him, breathed in his nostrils the breath of life, had Mr. Wood himself considered the state of his own soul? Have each of us tonight considered the state of our own soul? You know, we are a living soul. God created us, breathed into us the breath of life. We became a living soul, an eternal soul. Where's that soul going to dwell? Where are we going? Where did Mr. Wood go? Had he an understanding that he himself, in him, was nothing good? Did he understand that? Did he understand 
And was he compelled himself to trust Jesus Christ, knowing that he couldn't trust himself for salvation? Did he know that in himself, in his own vile works, that he couldn't save himself? Do we understand that? A lot of people might say that with their tongue, but really they believe that it's their goodness that's going to take them to heaven. Deep down, we want to believe that we have control of our own destiny and our salvation. And we want to think that with enough goodness, we'll make it to heaven. But God says, no. No man cometh to the Father but by me, Jesus said. I am the way, the truth, and the life. Was he humbled? Was he repentant? Did he understand and recognize his own sins? Did he know that he was a sinful man? Did he have any confidence in the works of the flesh? Because the Bible says we shouldn't. We should not have any confidence in the works of the flesh. Our confidence is in God. Our confidence is in Jesus Christ and the price he paid. Galatians chapter 5, and we won't read it, verses 19 through 21 talks about the works of the flesh and how they're manifest in all of these things, idolatry and witchcraft, envians and all of these things. That's what's in us. That's what's in this flesh. And without the Spirit of God in us, the works of your Father you'll do. Before we were saved, we love the deeds of the flesh. And I hate to say it, even at this point, Sometimes there's pleasure in sin for a season until God has to convict us and whip us over that. And so, was Mr. Wood prepared to meet his Creator? Mr. Wood, did you lay up in heaven treasures that met you there? Were there treasures waiting for Him in heaven? As it tells us there in Matthew chapter 6 and verse 19, Lay up for yourself treasures in heaven where moth and rust doth not corrupt. Did he lay up those treasures that were going to be eternal? You know, the works of the flesh are temporal. They're temporary. Our reward, when we do works of the flesh, our reward is here on, in heaven or here on earth, not in heaven. Um, folks like to be recognized for their works. They like to be put on the front page of the newspaper, and they like to be recognized by all their peers and by all the clubs that they're a part of. If we do anything for good, we do it for Jesus Christ. And so did he have any treasures? Was he working on this earth in order to secure rewards in heaven? Was he motivated by a desire for Jesus Christ to be glorified, or was he motivated or a desire for himself to be glorified. Now, every one of you, and I, including myself, we have a problem with pride. We like to be set up on a pedestal. We like to be recognized. We want others to, we want others to know the value that we bring. But that's sinful. I have nothing to offer except what Jesus Christ has done in me and through me. I have nothing to be proud of. The only thing that I own are my sins. 
And thank God Jesus took those away through faith, washed them away in His blood. All I have left is what God has given to me through His Son. And I take those, Bible talks about uh, our crowns, we're going to lay those at His feet, right? One day in heaven, they're not mine. If I've done anything good, it's because of Christ that liveth in me. Mr. Wood, did you have hope in this life only? Job chapter 14 tells us about life is brief. Life is short. Man born of a woman, days are short. His life is full of trouble. Did he understand that? I'd say he did in 1850. I'd say that was a difficult time, but did he understand that in this life only we can't have our hope? If you're, if you're expecting to be satisfied in this life, you're sadly disappointed. For the sake of Mr. Wood, I hope and pray that he may have known that Jesus Christ was the only way to the Father. Now think about it. There's nothing he can do about it now. It's 150 plus years since Mr. Wood has been gone. Now folks, we don't like to think about immortality or immortality. We don't like to think about this. One day life is going to end for us. This isn't, this isn't it. It's appointed unto man. We're, we're passing through 70, 80 years, right? Maybe longer for a lot of us anymore. But we act like this is it. You know, the house that you're living in, someday, if the Lord doesn't come back, somebody else is going to have that. The stuff we own, somebody else is going to have that stuff. It's not ours. Did he understand that? Because 151 years later, he doesn't own a thing. Did he believe in a risen Savior? Did he understand what Job said in Job chapter 19 and verse 25? I know that my Redeemer liveth. And shall stand in that last day. Did he understand that? I know my Redeemer liveth. And shall stand again on earth. A couple more questions. Mr. Wood, what was your disposition just before you left this earth? What was your disposition just before you left this earth? Were you bitter? Were you angry? Did you have hatred and malice in your heart? Or did you have love and compassion? Did you have concern? Let me tell you something. Whatever it was when he took his last breath, it's the same today. Revelation 22 and 11 tells us, He that is unjust, let him be unjust still. He that which was filthy, let him be filthy still. And he that is righteous, let him be righteous still. And he that is holy, let him be holy still. If he had hatred in his heart when he took his last breath, he took that hatred with him if he went to hell. He took that bitterness. Folks, we need to check out. It's coming. We need to check out in our death and have a testimony that we love God. We need to have a testimony that we love Jesus Christ. We need a testimony that we strove to please Him and that we had joy in our heart and we had the Holy Spirit 
within us. We need to go out on a high. We need to go out loving the Lord. When we step out into eternity, our lot is fixed. Now, you can be saved. So is by fire, right? You can be saved, and your life can be a mess. And you can go out into eternity with a lot of regrets. Now, God's going to wipe away the tears. I don't know what we're going to think in heaven, but we're not going to be sad. But folks, we need to be, we need to leave earth with a testimony for Jesus Christ. Lastly, and I stood there and, and thought about this man and looked at his marker and I thought, Mr. Wood, are you in the presence of Jesus Christ right now? Now, 150 years prior to us standing there looking at his grave marker as it looked up toward heaven, 150 years later, we're standing here looking at his grave marker, and that man resides somewhere. That, the soul of that man resides somewhere. I don't know where his body was. It could have been right there. I don't know. But the soul of that man was residing somewhere and still is today. 150 plus years later, we know that as children of God, absent from the body, present with the Lord. But those that are lost, just like the rich man, he lift up his eyes in torments and hell. Can't be fixed. Abraham said, if it were possible. You know, it's, it's not possible. You can't come over. We can't go there. It's fixed. That last breath, it's fixed. As Mr. Wood had been enjoying the presence of God and the presence of angels for 151 years, I'd sure like to think he is. Has he had sweet fellowship with Jesus Christ for 151 years? <laughs> That's hard to fathom, isn't it? Now think about it. If Mr. Wood was a saved man, he's been in heaven twice as long as he was on earth. And eternity hasn't even started yet. This life, life is short. It's but a vapor. And we get all wound up. We get all excited about the things of this earth, but heaven and earth shall pass away. But my word, God said it will not pass away. He's going to fold it up one day like a scroll. It's just going to fold it up. It's going to create a new heaven. Because this, this heaven and earth is sin cursed. And we have nothing here that ought to keep us here. We shouldn't drive our stakes too deep. May God help us to see that this life, soon it will pass, and only what's done for Christ will last. Brother.